This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Welcome, wild souls, to a brand new cycle, a brand new, eh, almost a brand new month. Um, It's only September 27th, but where this day is falling, uh, we are honoring the coming of a new month, and that means a new monthly medicine episode of the podcast. So here we find ourselves together. Um, always so grateful to gather with all of you virtually through this cycle for the channeled offerings that come through here. Um, not too much to share at the top. Uh, other than the fact that I'm delighted to announce that I'm going to be hosting another email challenge on my mailing list, this time with my very dear friend, a co-collaborator for a brand new workshop that you're going to hear all about in the coming week, I think, uh, and breathwork facilitator Amy Koretsky, who is just brilliant also a tarot practitioner, um, and we have uh, a an affordable, accessible um, workshop coming up all about tarot and breathwork for underworld journeys, so more about that, but we're um, doing a very special uh, email challenge to support folks in learning ways to work with tarot and breathwork in experiences uh, where we're um, traveling through some really powerful places in the void, when we're traveling through journeys where we're really uh, under a process of transformation, but it just feels like shit is crazy and we don't know what's going on. Um, Those are some examples of underworld journeys. And of course, The concept of the underworld is so cross-cultural, shared by literally every belief system, source of mythology, it's in psychology, it's in storytelling from everywhere in the world, and yet um, what shines through is this really collective understanding of what an underworld journey is, which is a leaving behind of what we know to walk into the world of the unknown and reclaim treasure there that we can then take to our lives on the other side of that journey. And uh, it's a long way of saying that I'm really excited to talk about this material. I'm excited to share more and more to come. But if you'd like to receive just free um, education, videos, instruction, medicine from Amy and myself, um, please consider signing up for this email challenge. And it'll be more publicly announced in a few days. But if you uh, go to the show notes in this episode, wherever you listen to your podcasts and kind of scroll down, you'll see all the cards and the astrology that are pulled for this month. And you'll also see a link to sign up for the newsletter or for the October email challenge. And uh, I also have another, I have a monthly newsletter coming out on the first of the month all about just deeper stuff. So I think that's my only announcement. I really hope I'm not forgetting anything, but I'm so excited to serve those of you who feel called. I just feel ready to move into this month because holy shit, um, the equinox uh, was a little rude. (laughs) 
Um, I'm sure I'm not alone in expressing that the autumnal equinox to those of us in the northern hemisphere, of course, uh, the spring or I think vernal, if I remember incorrectly, equinox on the uh, southern part of the hemisphere, um, we always experience, though to speak of one experience, um, we must always hold space for the other because there is no preparation for death without a preparation for birth. And we really see that the earth just always holds both. There's never a time, like any time we think it's only this way, it's only one way, we're going to be, um, we're going to slip on a little banana peel and we're going to find ourselves uh, end up because really um, there's no time that the planet can't hold a whole sphere literally of possibilities and dualities and um, it doesn't mean that it's a bad or good. It just means that we're always holding both, always holding both. Um, so that holographic sense of equinox, whether we experienced it as autumnal or spring, very intense this season, very intense, Whew. very strong energy. And obviously we're like a couple days into fall, a couple days into Libra seasons. And already we need only to look at the news to see that things are moving. They're moving really intensely. Things are being uncovered. Stuff is starting to express itself. There's a sense of balance that's starting to take shape here, not necessarily balance on, around, or for any one direction, but things that have been standing still, collecting, gathering, are now beginning to shape themselves. The scale is moving when we thought that it might have been broken. And this is a little bit of what's happening with us collectively and individually this month, but the the equinox, um, you know, equinoxes are so powerful because, you know, if you really go into the research of it, the earth is not technically at a perfect balance of, of daylight and nighttime on the equinox. There's actually like one day, I think, where there's an exactly equal amount of daylight and night, but there's like annoying little details, like there's seven minutes difference, you know, between day and night, but we're fairly balanced here. And when we think of equinox energy, we're looking basically at a horizon in front of us, right? Where we can see everything below the horizon and everything above it. So we see the sky and we see the land or the sea or whatever it is. And when the horizon is open in front of us and clear, especially in the case of seasonal shifts like this that are really the collective language because they are an experience that we all understand, uh, again, from a sense of cross-cultural understanding, because all of us go through completely different experiences with weather and season, and some of us are going through very different experiences of weather and season with climate change. Um, and how we honor that, of course, is different for everyone. But we all feel these shifts, no matter where we are, even if the weather around us has not necessarily changed. And when we have an open horizon, it's great because we can see everything. But the other thing about that is that we can see everything. We can see right now where things are not 
completely aligned. We can see the systems, patterns, habits, behaviors that are not serving. They're having a much more impactful statement on our lives right now. And by the way, this is not to claim that the whole idea of life is necessarily about balance because it's just bringing like an old paradigm of cleanly perfection to this whole experience of life that we're on. And we, we all know that that's it's not true. That's really old paradigm spirituality, right? It's like we have to be kind of clean and pure and balanced and balance is really great, but um, it's just information. The idea of something being slightly more or less or slightly more, um, you know, maybe energetically inflamed or less, uh, a, something that is getting less attention. Whatever is being drawn to our attention right now, whatever is being lit up for us in Libra season, um, it's medicine. It's part of us being drawn in so we can understand it and take the first steps to actually enact true lasting change. The only way to really bring about change is to be in reality with what's here. And that is both the gift and the extreme pain in the butthole <laughs> about Libra season and especially about justice because that's justice, you know, and justice, it's kind of amazing because the justice card is of course Libra's card. It is also the card of the month for our monthly medicine reading. And when that came up in my polls, I could not believe it. This is also the first monthly medicine collective tarot reading that has multiple cards that came through for um, many of the prompts. So there's a lot of really beautiful layering and weaving here. It's, it's a very complex experience, a complex energy. Um, this whole Justice Libra season, the month of October, I mean, if you really think about it, we're moving right from Libra to Scorpio. We're, we're moving from justice to death. It's a lot, you know, it's it's a lot, you know, it's really in the death portal now, you know, we, we are, we're really in the portal of change, of awareness, of consciousness being awakened to us, you know, we're getting the sum of our lives handed to us, our eyes open to what is, and it's not forceful or intense, it's just really what is, it's just plain old black and white right in front of us. Um, I want to speak a little bit about the four cycles of the year through the lens of the tarot, um, which is my kind of, it's not, you know, when you say something is your system, you know, it belongs to spirit, but, um, I feel like I always have to give that credit <laughs> as somebody surely has thought of this before too. But um, we can, uh, a kind of a language that we can really use to understand where we are in life is to look at the seasons. And for many of us, the seasons are not experienced in the same way. We want to be as inclusive as possible with that. 
Um, and there's a really interesting way of looking at it that I enjoy, which is um, to go um, through the kind of four cycles of the year, um, starting with the uh, spring equinox in the um, northern hemisphere. And the only reason I'm doing that is because technically that's the beginning of Libra or Jesus Christ. Technically that's the beginning of Aries season and Aries kicks off the Zodiac. So we're just going in Zodiac order here. Um, because obviously for many of the, from, for much of the world, like Aries actually is not the springtime. It might be cold or it might be hot all year long, but, um, we have four cycles of the year that are ruled by the tarot cards that are associated with the cardinal signs of astrology. And we know this because all four of the cardinal signs of astrology rule over the sign that we flip into when we experience an equinox or a solstice, respectively. So for Aries, we have the emperor. Aries is our first cardinal sign, or our first cardinal ruling in the wheel of the year. And that basically means that even though that first cycle of the year is ruled by Aries, Taurus, and Gemini, we'll go through all of Gemini, and then we move into the second cycle in Cancer season, also the second cardinal sign of the wheel. Even though we're in Aries, Taurus, and Gemini for cycle one of the wheel of the year, if we're kind of looking at it through this lens view, the emperor rules over that whole cycle because it, we're initiating something in Aries. So even though we absolutely flow into Taurus and to Gemini and so on and so on, the focus from March 21st to June 21st is take up sacred space. What impact do you have in the world? How do you speak your truth? How are you blooming, blossoming? How are you relating to yourself through this wheel, through this experience? You know, the emperor is really woven into Aries season, Taurus season, and Gemini season. We are really working with the emperor like in a very, very subtle, very, very super conscious way through that whole cycle. Then, of course, all that changes on June 21st when we move into solstice for us in the northern hemisphere that would be summertime so cancer especially the chariot rules over cancer season and leo and virgo and we're in that kind of chariot energy all through that cycle and the chariot is not actually a card like cancer, there's many layers to the chariot, right? So while we might think of the chariot when it comes up in a reading is just this like great omen of victory and all of this stuff, it's really about shedding a shell. We have to leave the chariot in order to go off into the world and do the things that we have to do in order to, the things that we have to do that cannot hold a shell where we have to really just be all of us, where we have to kind of leave the shit that looks like it works and really doesn't um, in order to step out into the great unknown. So Cancer, Leo, and Virgo all have to do with this energy. That's why 
a lot of the time the summer months can be pretty intense for us. Um, again, summer in the north, northern hemisphere. Um, a, because it's winter on the other side of the planet, and we feel that too, that extreme, that polarity. And because we're shedding something, we're constantly looking at what's really working here, what's not, what am I kind of holding back on, what are the things that I'm too afraid to do, what are the things I feel like I have to do, you know, that's a lot of that is chariot. So I share all of this with you, and I'm going to kind of be going deeper into these um, cycles of the wheel and an offering coming up a little bit later um, in uh, either, I don't think it'll be the end of this year, but it will be the beginning of next year. Just this way of really understanding the tarot um, as really helpful medicine to really help us to understand what these cycles are about. But I say all of this to impress upon you that we have just initiated our third cycle of the year by beginning our journey in Libra season, the cardinal air sign of astrology, justice. So we're not only feeling the change in season, we're not only feeling the change in signs, the shift from Virgo to Libra is pretty, pretty intense. Um, we're pretty much going from like nervous system to nervous system, you know, um, in those two energies. Um, so there's a lot that goes on in the mental space, um, moving from uh, Virgo to Libra. But we're also initiating the third cycle of the year. And this cycle is about deeply acknowledging what is here. Where are you? What exactly are you? Where are you going? What is your relationship to balance, to equilibrium in all areas of your life? Justice, I think, in a very and a hard to justice is a very close sibling to tower because without really, uh, even though they're nowhere near one another, it doesn't really matter, but justice is very strong energy. It's very strong medicine. We're going to talk a lot about it. Um, during it, it demanded the space by coming up in the reading about the month in which it rules. <laughs> so it really wanted to be front and center here and I'm going to give it its due, but it's really coming through to me that there's something very close with justice and tower. Um, there, there's nothing on paper that connects them, but it's very interesting to think about them from a soul perspective, because if you have an experience, an invitation with justice where we're invited to look at what is very clearly without emotion and story, just simply what is, um, that's really when we're available to change it if it's not what we want. Um, if I say, um, you know, I really need uh, help with my pain management, I have to really acknowledge that I'm in pain. And offer myself the gift of space to feel my feelings of fear, of grief, of hypervigilance, of, of anger, you know, whatever comes up to really allow there to be space to feel those emotions and those feelings and those 
to, to process those thoughts so that I can stand in reality and reach out for the right kind of support. If I'm not working with my if I'm not working with the emotions around what's here, I'm not really going to be available for strong support, you know? So that's part of what justice teaches us. But if we refuse that, right, that's when tower comes in with the help. And really, even if we do all the work in the world in justice, um, tower comes in to help those last little bits that we might be identified with. But I don't know, just never thought about it. It's an interesting thing that I have absolutely no way to connect for you in a tangible way. <laughs> um, usually I try to do that, but I don't know. It just feels intuitively right. Like there's something there. Um, okay. So 50 points and a prized, you know, um, the, the prized pig at the county fair or whatever for anybody who knows the reference that is um, in our phrase for October. Um, bring the balance back. If you don't know that, that's from a Led Zeppelin song called The Battle of Evermore. Um, and the reason that that, I'll just share that when I, um, the way I do these monthly medicines is I sit with my deck, I look at the astrology, um, I pull cards, I sit with those cards and then usually I just ask what wants to come through and I write what wants to come through. Um, and while I was sitting and kind of tuning in, I like heard Battle of Evermore in my head, like really quietly. And for those of you who, who channel, you know, sometimes spirit talks like that. It'll just come up in whatever reference or, and if you follow it, usually there's some real rich stuff. Um, but, uh, I really got to look at the lyrics and there was something about, um, remembering the lyrics that just, uh, say at the end of the song, bring it back, bring it back. And I was like, well, I feel like that's something there. And it was when I checked in about it. So, um, I wish I could include battle of evermore in here, but, um, we would get like sued. So please listen to it in honor of October's monthly medicine. Um, bring the balance back. Um, when we think about this idea, what October's doing, what justice is doing, what Libra is doing, it's not the balance that we think it is. We're in always shifting out of an old paradigm here. We're shifting out of multitudes, pretty much any paradigm that we've been identified with for the past discernible history, we are evolving out of that. We've been strongly invited to wake up for quite some time. We always have choice. So we can either wake up or not. We can be available for that or not. It's really all fine. Um, but if we are called to evolve, to say yes, part of the gift and also the, mm, the, the, I don't want to say challenge, but the, the, the work, <laughs> I don't know if that's quite it either, but part of the exchange, I suppose, um, is that we step away from the idea, really the fantasy of how life should be and come home to what is. And in that way, we're bringing 
the balance not back to the brain's idea of, oh, this is a straight line. This is fair. This is not fair. This should be. This should not be. Which, by the way, I'm not taking anything away from anyone if you're dealing with an extreme experience of unfairness, obviously that should be rectified. Part of the reason why it's not being rectified is that nobody's paying attention to it. So it's important, not necessarily the person experiencing that unfairness, but many of us, we're just not awake most of the time to what is. Part of the reason that we're not is because we're not awake to what is in our own bodies. If we are not awake, it's, listen, I don't want to be the one to say this. I wish I could say differently. But the fact is, the more unavailable we are to the body, to our inner lives, the more unavailable we will be to the life outside of us. It's not a dig. I am somebody who deals with brain chemistry, PTSD, extreme hypervigilance uh, from time to time, chronic pain, many things that I know many of you experience as well, my capacity to hold and be available to what's outside of me is spiralic. That's the point, that we're walking away from the false sense of balance that we've been trying to move in, um, for quite some time and moving into a space of actual, responsive, intuitive, present, flexible, here-ness, now-ness. So many generations before us, there was nothing in the body and there was very little happening outside of the purview of what we were told or or what we were comfortable to look at. And There is such an unbelievably strong and powerful invitation to wake up and to see so many things that um, are very important for us to keep our eyes open to. And when we talk about this idea of bringing the balance back, we're, yes, speaking about being available to the collective energies, but we're also talking about a kind of a way of living life that is very important to begin to reclaim. All of us have an innate, God-given access to the inner compass that exists within us, to our center. And whether we know it or not, pretty much everything happening around us is just calling us out of the center constantly. Um, Have someone else tell you what to do. Have someone else tell you what your center is. Have someone else tell you what you want. Have someone else tell you what you need. Have someone else tell you when you're going to get the thing, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right? Like we all experience that. I do too. And for those of us who lead and hold space, the responsibility is even more important to be able to say, hey, I can offer this but then the rest is yours to conceive and co-create with me. Like there's no hierarchy here. So that's really important too. Like even now, you know, of course, if this isn't resonating with you, like you have your own truth. It's just as valid and sacred, whether you like what I'm saying or not, whether you agree with it or not, you're, there's no hierarchy. There really isn't. Um, We are truly, being called into our center like I don't know that we've ever been called in before because 
even though we're going back to a sense of balance that has existed through time in nature, we're coming back to nature's sense of balance, to the organic spiral that moves around us. We're leaving the straight line and moving into the spiral. So when we say we're going back, most of us don't really have a framework for that sense of back, but we all came from there. We all came from this sense of spiral time. We're really living on spiral time anyway. Um, we're just not living in a society that honors spiral time. Here's what spiral time is. If you um, break your finger, first of all, I'm so sorry for you if you do. It's a pain in the asshole. But if you break your finger, society will tell you, everything tells us, our brain tells us, our expectations, like everything says you get your finger reset if you have the access to that, which I hope you do. You get your finger reset, maybe you get it bandaged, and in however many weeks, maybe six to eight weeks, your finger will be better and you'll start maybe physical therapy for extreme cases or you'll just uh, begin to regain the use of your hand. You'll go back to normal. In our heads, we think, well, okay, I'm just going to, this is going to be pain for me, but my finger will be kind of in this little cast and I will, then in eight weeks I'll be better. And it's never, it doesn't happen that way. <laughs> never. On paper, the finger breaks and then it isn't broken anymore. That's the only thing that we know is that it's broken and then it's not broken anymore. But the spiral of it is, all of the steps that go in between, all of the enormous phases that healing a broken bone goes through, our internal process, the energy that was contained within that bone and then is now released into the bloodstream and is moving through us and is uh, actually able to be processed from a completely energetic standpoint, potential complications, possibly things happening where um, you have to rearrange your plans. Maybe you can't write with one hand. Maybe you can't type. That is a hugely spiralic journey. And while you might think, oh, it's going to be such a pain in the asshole not to type, what that broken finger might be calling you into is a scenario where you do more singing. Maybe you do more walking. Maybe you do more talking into the voice notes app on your phone and you come up with things that you can't even imagine. Maybe you spend more time with friends and you take a um, conscious break from typing. Maybe you can't do that. It's something completely different. The spiral path is always the truth. It's always what's actually happening. And being reacquainted intimately in our day to day with the idea that everything is a spiral actually helps us to avoid the egoic sense of disappointment when we expect a straight line and that's not what we get because we're the finger our finger is never going to be broken and then it, it just heals ever there's always something right not something wrong something great something helpful we did not come to this planet to have a fair and comfortable ride. We just didn't. We were never promised fairness, none of us. We were never promised comfort, especially comfort. Now, just because we weren't promised fairness 
doesn't mean that we cannot be responsible, awake, aware citizens for justice at any moment that we see an injustice. That is absolutely the case and the ideal and part of what we're evolving to meet um, so that there is more equilibrium. Um, but we were never promised comfort. The linear path suggests comfort, even if the comfort sucks, it's still familiar. The spiral is inherently scary and uncomfortable because we don't know what could possibly be around the corner. Bringing the balance back essentially disregards, and this is part of the seed that's getting planted in the month of October, is shedding away the ego's concept of this unattainable perfect balance, reclaiming this organic spiral um, path that we we're all walking. It the life is wild, it is imperfect, it's unknown, and aligned, even if it doesn't feel that way. And that's the thing with justice too that really warps people's minds is that people say very regularly, and I understand why they say it. I say it too. What are you just supposed to like accept whatever happens? That's actually the opposite of what we're doing with justice. We're not accepting we're acknowledging. Acknowledging what is present, acknowledging reality actually helps us to be the finest and best co-creators for evolutionary change that we can be. If we are either accepting reality, we're not really open to changing it. And if we are unwilling to see reality, we are definitely unwilling to change it. If we are lost and stuck in a swirl of this shouldn't be happening, this is wrong, this isn't okay, this da 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 It's not to say we can't have those feelings, but those feelings are not the stopping place. Moving into a space where we, some of us, in whatever way we can, are able to even the smallest amount hold a space to be able to say, um, a part of me, even though this is so hard and challenging or wonderful and scary and exciting, um, Part of me knows somewhere that I can't argue with this because it's here, even though I want to, even though I might not like it. So how can I be available to really bow to what is here, to the experiences maybe lived by people other than myself, to the things that are happening around me, whether they affect me or not? May I be actually available to them so that I can be a force for change, for listening, for adjustment? That's what justice teaches us. It doesn't split the major arcana for nothing. It's really, really powerful. Um, you know, and this idea of this kind of wild spiral balance you know, we collectively stepped away from that rhythm a long, long time ago. And part of what all of these extreme, intense evolutionary invitations that are happening on the planet right now are for is to go, not to go back to an older time, but to come back to the rhythms of nature, to understand that even if something feels like it's lost or it's done or no one's ever going to no notice something, no one's ever going to acknowledge something, everything comes back around. Everything. And justice really teaches us that. Obviously, I is not my place as a white woman to speak of karma, 
but there's something in that with justice, right? This sense of cause and effect, this sense of awareness of the webs and the lifetimes and the generational um, aspects of action that um, so much of what we're doing by speaking of bringing balance back is to return to a state of centeredness so that there is no more accidental rippling out in ways that are not aligned, whether in what we're doing, how we're living on the planet. You know, there are so many ways that stepping into this can adjust or shift or change the way we're showing up in our lives. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is what is our relationship to discomfort? What is our relationship to imperfection? What is our relationship to not knowing. These are all really important places to start. We can think, we often think balance is contentment. Balance is just sometimes we just have our balance. <laughs> you know, that's like all we've got is that we're like kind of on our two feet. That's balance too, you know? So there is a rhythm available to us in life. It is completely unpredictable. It is um, and yet so steady and the most loving, reliable, beautiful drumbeat available to us. And that is, um, this sense that this moment is all we have and the sense that whatever is within this moment, whether it is really, really tough or really, really beautiful is bringing us some kind of gift even if it is to help us evolve into a space where we are helping other people move through that. I am living proof that that is. Sometimes what happens, you know, I'm doing, a, a preparing to do a workshop in the underworld right now. And uh, you better believe that I'm going through my own version of that right now. And not in a scary way, but it's damn uncomfortable. And that's part of I can't talk to anyone about something that I haven't experienced. So it's really important to acknowledge that for some of us, this, um, it doesn't mean that we don't want to be available for change or there are not enormous inequities to be rebalanced over time. But justice is very tricky and it says, and also really powerful. And it essentially says to us, start with what's here, and then you'll actually be able to change it. Start with what's here, start with what's within. And there will actually be a rippling out that can shift the course of lives. So bringing the balance back is coming back to a space of connected oneness with ourselves and the earth around us. This sense of balance where we are on one side of the scale, our relationship with us, with our brains, with our inner little kids, so that no one's running the show inappropriately, so that the amygdala isn't making all the decisions, so that little me is not driving the car. And conversely, and really at the same time, that affects the other side of the scale, which is our relationship to all humankind, our relationship to listening, to sensitivity, to being aware, to how we treat the planet, even like, you know, there's so many things that can come up from that. And I'm really, this month 
marrying Libra and Scorpio season is always a very powerful ride. And um, we really have the opportunity this month to reclaim this aspect of our inner compass in a very strong and powerful way. And we need only to take the first step toward this reclamation for that balance to begin to restore. Um, this is kind of hard to explain. It's hard to verbalize. It's also really hard to feel. Um, but this month is less about the day to day. Like our, our September monthly medicine was literally like clean out your storage closets and, you know, take a look at your work. This is more like, what is my relationship to my soul's balance? Where am I drawing my energy and my power from? Am I awake in my life? Am I connected to that literal wellspring of energy, of source, of lifeblood that belongs to me that nobody can ever take from, from anyone listening to this and anyone not listening to this? The return to the inner self helps to restore and brings us back to a space when um, really all things lived in that kind of balance. And by the way, there really is no such thing as balance in nature between um, uh, evolution and all different kinds of things. There's always adjustments happening. Adjustments are happening in the natural world right now due to climate change. There are changes in, in animals and pollinators. There's, there are different rhythms. Even in New York City, spring starts about two weeks earlier. And um, there are definitely places where now um, herbs are, are, the spring herbs are coming up so much earlier. This isn't to say that there's some fairy tale idea of, idea of balance. Nature responds to whatever it's handed. Nature is the greatest teacher. We don't hear butterflies saying, what the fuck, nature came to, like spring came two weeks early. There's just an attempt to adjust. There's just a willingness to say, okay, like there's an evolutionary invitation here. It doesn't necessarily mean it's great. It doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't be extremely aware of how we are a part of that change. But we cannot do anything about it. And we, if we are the butterfly, really can't do anything about it. The only place to start with that is to name what's here. So this isn't the idea that like, oh, we're all living in harmony here, which you know, I'm not here to diss, but I think it's just more complicated than that. Um, that it's also simple too, but more complicated um, because there is no perfect static balance in nature, um, everything is always responding and there's a natural balance that's created out of that. It's just not what we think it is. So we're coming back to that space too. We have these little threads, these little tendrils of invitation back to the space of, um, that's what it is to live in alignment with soul is to be very aware of what, um, is restoring our balance. So coming back to a space of balance means that this month you might be called to make some changes. You might be called to get really clear about certain things in your life that are not serving you or that are, that you want to reach for. So many of us, you know, so often we talk about like regaining balance from a space of, um, 
sometimes the enacting of balance means reaching for things that we're meant to be holding that we're not. You know, some of us don't want to take up too much space. Some of us don't want to uh, ask for what we want. Some of us don't want to step forward because of one reason or another. And really, I mean, sometimes that is the balance that is being called into order. So just being open to that idea of um, coming back home to the balance that has always been and is always present around us. What would it be like if we stopped believing that we were separate from that? That's really what this month is about. And in terms of the tarot reading for the month of October, the card of the month is justice. And we've been speaking about justice a lot. This essentially means that if we're doing, if I'm doing a reading for everyone, everything that is happening to you this month is happening to you, for you, on purpose. Every time we think, oh, this is like some bullshit, like I must be, you know, I must be out of balance, something must be going on, you're going to get justice. Justice never says, oh, you're out of balance. Justice starts with whatever is here is supposed to be here. Let's look at how it's serving you. Let's look at the scales. Let's look and see, you know, is one side way, way up? Is one side way, way down? There's no wrong on that. It just is. From there, we can say, wow, that's really sobering. Like, uh, there's zero balance happening here. It's very extreme. Um, okay, great. Um, I will take that and I will step forward with that. And I will make changes where I see fit. You know, I've spoken about justice many times on this podcast, but, um, it really is the teacher in the tarot that helps us to actually create true justice. <laughs> and, uh, part of why it teaches us this is that a, it teaches us that it happens in spirals and sometimes over the course of generations, justice is often and unfortunately not linear and, um, that we must really understand the systems and the why of why it's out of balance in order to be a force for change and evolution for it to grow and, uh, move from that space. So there's a lot of very deep balancing work that happens over the course of the month. Justice moves pretty slowly. But if this is the card for the month, the card of October, it essentially means that life is really happening for you. It's happening to open your eyes, wake you up, help you to see what's happening, what isn't happening. Um, anything that arises in the month of October is highly um, potent and, uh, definitely very much on purpose. So we want to be very awake to that. We want to be really looking instead of, Oh God, why is this happening? Um, rather than that, but to see it almost as a messenger and to say, you know, wow, then maybe there's a gift here. Even if it sucks, can I hold the suck as well as the potential of a gift? You know, could this be bringing me into something that maybe I've uh, didn't realize was calling my attention, all different ways of looking at it. What we're being invited to pay attention to in October is Queen of Swords and Two of Swords. I almost died when the two of these came up together because I speak about them in tandem a lot. And the fact that they showed up together is pretty amazing. Okay. We're paying attention this month to our boundaries. 
So this seems pretty obvious, but what is the, what is the experience, the relationship you have to giving of your energy, giving of your time to having people expect things of you to getting and receiving the space you need to really get clear on your truth. Boundaries do not always mean that our boundaries are being violated and we have to put up a fence or a wall. You know, obviously we're, we're kind of moving away from that concept in many ideas, many ways. What we're really going for with boundaries is a kind of an invisible line where we're saying um, this is the uh, threshold of availability that I have for this kind of interaction, this friendship, this person, this um, situation. This is my threshold of availability. Um, and those boundaries don't need to be approved of by the person we're enacting them around. In fact, usually when boundaries are really needed, the person that we're enacting them around won't like them. Um, in order to do this level of rebalancing from a really, really sacred source um, spiralic place, like a sense of balance that's really connected to source and coming back to um, the deepest potential of our balance as human beings, maybe a sense of balance that we didn't even know we were capable of, you know, um, boundaries become very important. It becomes really important to be able to say, Hey, I'm really needing my time here. Or, Hey, I have this available to give right now. And this, I don't have available to give. Um, if someone doesn't like what we're doing, we can say, that's okay. Um, that's for you, not for me. So pay attention this month. Where are you being called to take your space? Not from an exclusionary place or, you know, um, removing anyone in a way that is, um, you know, ghosting anybody, but just really naming, you know, what, what do I need? How can I value that? And then two of swords more specifically is really about giving ourselves the spaciousness, the gift of spacious presence in order to get really clear about what's happening in the inner realm. If we're talking about bringing the balance back, um, coming back to the original balanced state of our ability to be with our bodies and with the world around us. We can't really do one without the other. In order to do that, we have to start taking our space. If we want to truly be with ourselves, we have to confront all of the ways in which we give of ourselves if we, and we don't want to. All the ways that we apologize for the space we need, all the ways we betray ourselves. Really, these two archetypes call us into that, call us into that space, call us into those um, ahas and those awarenesses. You know, how do we betray that sense of truth to make other people comfortable? You know, whatever it might be, we, we have the capacity to bring an end to those kinds of cycles. And it's very important to do that or at least to bring an attention to it in October. Um, what's happening under the surface, this is a threefer, and I don't know that that's ever happened before. Um, if it has, you know, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but 
What's happening under the surface? What's happening beyond what we can see? The devil, eight of wands, knight of swords. So here's what. Even though in this month, we're talking about really dusty esoteric themes like inner balance, going back to the source, like all, it's very esoteric. Underneath the surface though, shit is moving because we have eight of wands fast. Eight of wands is like that package is in the mail. It's going express. It's quick. There are quick changes, things flying into action as a result of us stepping into the space. It is amazing what starts to happen in the earthly realm when we draw back into ourselves a little bit more, even just a little bit more. It's truly transformational. Um, Knight of Swords, the ability to go, the ability to move through the world and not necessarily be feeling it, be a little tired, be a little uncomfortable. I'm usually very, very careful, and I still think I'm being very careful, actually, um, about what I say because I think words, are they matter, but be willing to really welcome discomfort into your home in October. <laughs> Set a place for it at the table. Put a little extra pasta on the stove for it. It's, um, it's going to be here because we're changing. We're growing with growth and change comes discomfort. It is a good sign. It is not a problem, but, um, that's where the devil comes in. How could we do this work and not expect to get the devil? So the devil is um, an invitation into a kind of liberation process that happens when we recognize the ways in which our brain invites us into all kinds of bullshit to pull us out of soul evolution and back into the chaos of what it knows. It is very good at disguising itself. It's also part of a process that invites us into all kinds of feelings of possibly repression or guilt or shame around our desires. And in the devil, we're really invited to embrace our desires, but also choose with wise discernment whether or not we roll with those desires or not. Are they bring harm to anyone or to ourselves? If that's the case, no. Um, with consent or with, you know, of course, without consent. Um, so it's, it is really important to begin to um, really understand that with the devil, we're engaging in this process of transformative liberation, that we actually get to leave the old forms of playing small, of all this bullshit. What is your brain's story about why you can't live in your true aligned self? that you won't be accepted perhaps, that people just don't live that way, that you can't do it, that you'll be judged, da, 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 da. Everybody has the same story. Everyone's experience is different, but everyone has a soul truth and everyone has brain chemistry inviting us to essentially stay out of it because the brain is so devoted to our survival that it doesn't want us fucking around with all that soul stuff because it doesn't know that, doesn't know the soul. So when we have an experience where we're engaged with something that we love, we desire, there's consent, 
and there's an invitation into shame for it, we can say fuck you to that invitation and enjoy and embrace all that we love about ourselves. Our, you know, again, these desires, these desires for earthly connection, both with other things, with ourselves, with other people. Again, if there's consent and everybody is enthusiastic, if we feel enthusiastic, the devil says, go for it. But what the devil also does is it invites us to divorce ourselves from this idea of shame. One of the ways to bring the balance back is to literally come to a space that is pre-shame. We're not rolling with shame anymore as a motivator. So many of us experience it. So this is not about bypassing shame. It's about being very, very strongly devoted to not letting shame drive the car. As my teacher would say, drive the car, Michelle. Um, It's very important. It's not an appropriate narrator (laughs) of life. It doesn't get to make those decisions. So we won't necessarily be able to see that all the time, but part of the why of talking about it is because you can expect the brain to go a little buck wild this month. That's just the way it is. If we're being called into this level of equilibrium, this level of realignment, whoa, you better bet the brain's going to have something to say. (laughs) But what's underneath it is not just, it's not like five of, you know, five of swords is, a very close sibling of the devil, and that actually is pretty, um, there's a pretty strong root system around that. Um, the difference between the two is really felt rather than, uh, it's more of a felt sense than a conceptual sense. So sometimes when um, these two cards are discussed together, it can be hard, at least for me as the describer, it can be hard to um, truly identify those differences. But The devil is an evolutionary sense and sometimes comes up about nothing in particular. Other times it does, meaning like a situation will inspire the presence of the devil. Um, Five of Swords is very unique for calling us into brain chemistry experiences where we've already made a decision, where we've already said, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, make this decision. And whoops, it turned out that that was actually kind of a tug from my brain. I just went through a five of swords situation today. Um, so it's really teaches us how to recenter and respond when we kind of inevitably, um, have an experience where we quote unquote, make a mistake or make a decision from brain that doesn't serve the whole, the devil we may or may not have made that decision. And most of the time we haven't made any decision. It's really just calling us into this sense of the doubt that so many of us have in ourselves and how, what we can do in this process of rebalancing to acknowledge that that lack of trust is there and to be able to say, that's not my truth, period, the end, goodbye. I, I will not doubt. I have an invitation into doubt. I know me. I know myself. I know that I have absolutely the ability to be human and make a mistake, but I know who I am. And moving forward from there, all of that woven in with 
eight of wands and knight of swords means a lot of really strong, really quick transformative movement. So that's a lot of what we're working with this month too. The lesson of the month, what we're learning, queen of pentacles and page of wands, self-care, connection to the earth, calling upon the earth, upon reconnection of the body, our body to the earth again and again and again, calling upon that connection to help restore your connection to the out of doors, to the land around you, to good nourishment. And I don't mean eating healthy because you know, I'm not about that shit. And for some people that might come as a bit of a shock, but (laughs) nourishment is really different for everyone. And we're not here to, you know, like everyone's doing the best that they can, whatever nourishes you really, really fuels your body is perfect for you. And I want to take us out of that paradigm of eating one way and blah, blah, blah. Really good hydration. If it's available to us again, hopefully, um, all of that is part of what we're learning this month. If we're going to enact and bring a balance back, come back home to that innate sense of oneness with ourselves so we can be available to the world around us, we have to also release shame, release that original sense of doubt, release that story in the head that gets so much more fucking airtime than it deserves that, you know, um, we're not okay, we're not enough, we shouldn't have this thing, we shouldn't do this, you know, these cycles that just keep us locked again and again and again and all this stuff. We're not only clearing that, but we're also reclaiming our God-given right, a birthright to take care of ourselves and be nourished. So that's a huge part of what we're learning. I'm going to have a sip of water. Page of Wands is also a huge part of what we're learning. Page of Wands is so beautiful because it is the, it's like a little spark. It clears out a cycle that's no longer meant to continue and initiates a new one at the same time. We're learning how to work with our wand differently. Page of Wands is so potent because it's actually looking, they are actually looking at their wand. They're actually saying, hey, energy, hey, life force, hey, hey, inner fire, I see you. I want to work with you. I want to work in reverence to you. Prior to that, we're just doing whatever we want with our wand. It's totally different now. And we're being called into that space. So what we're learning this month is not only to cultivate a deeper sense of self-care, but to actually learn different ways to work with our energy from the ground up very strong invitations. We're clearing out four of cups. We're clearing out indecision. We're clearing out the waiting. We're clearing out um, the sense of "Mm, this isn't quite the right time. We're clearing out the digestion period that we've been in for so long. October is a month of strong action in the collective and outside of it. What we're learning is that we don't have to figure anything out or premeditate in order to take that action. It's just going to be in front of us. If you've been looking to move for the last two years, all of a sudden there's going to be something in front of you. You can say no or yes to it, but, um, you know, choice is always available to us, but where you may have looked, 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 
there will just be something in front of you and you can decide to take it or not. Or there won't be. And that will also be medicine too. Because if it's taking you that long to move, if nothing comes up, it means nothing's supposed to. Injustice, nothing happens on accident. I'll tell you that right now. What we are stepping into, so beautiful. Three of Pentacles, balance. Three of Pentacles is so deep. There are many, many layers to this card, many layers. The most simplistic sense for helpfulness for this download is really that everyone's doing the work they're meant to be doing in the world. That we understand that we're all kind of building up to, we're all kind of building this world together with each other and no one can do the job that the next person is here to do. So many of us, um, try to do stuff that is not really in alignment for us because we think we want to, or we think we should, or whatever it might be. A lot of the time there's really benevolent reasons to that. Sometimes not. Um, everything is sort of getting reordered here. And, um, part of that means that we step back into, as we bring the balance back, uh, a space of humility. We step back into a space of humble service. And my teacher, Michelle, has this sort of revised definition of humility where, um, and this is a paraphrase, uh, which I heard from um, her wife, that humility really has to do with serving spirit in a way that doesn't mean that we're shrinking or engaging with a false sense of humble. It also doesn't mean that we are um, claiming that it's all us. It's really about bringing ourselves forward and really being seen in the depth of our service. Um, so that is Michelle's sort of channeled teaching on that, that, um, just has really meant a lot to me. And to me, that's very much akin and a part of three of pentacles, especially as it's coming into, um, because that's what we're stepping into. That's the vision. That's the goal is that the more we bring the balance back into ourselves, the more we will be able to be forces and agents for change outside of ourselves. This doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. This is not the ego sense of balance. So when you think to yourself, well, I'm not balanced. I'm so imbalanced and, you know, I'm such a mess and I'm this way and that way. And how could I ever, the whole point is to bow to what is your imbalance is your balance. That doesn't mean you're not going to change it. That's the point is that to be with that, to really say everything that's coming with me right now is absolutely perfect. Is it forever? No. Is it the way I would prefer my maybe mental state to be? Is it the way that I would prefer my relationship with X, Y, or Z to be? Not really. But if it's here, it's bringing some kind of information to me. And in order to change it, I am not here to judge it. I'm not here to create a story about it. I'm here to acknowledge what is here so that I can allow there to be a transformation of it. I've got to, we've got to get to know what's here before we're trying to change it or it will never actually change. So three of pentacles 
being what we're stepping into means that we are actually getting to know ourselves. We are actually beginning to step into our unique soul gifts so that we can truly be in alignment with what we're here to do. No more, no less, just like justice. This has been a long monthly medicine this month. I guess it just needed to be. Um, the astrology for October is pretty major. Um, on October 3rd, we just have like a couple cute little transits. Pluto is going direct and Capricorn and Mercury is entering Scorpio. So Pluto going direct, um, I'm not an astrologer, but I will say even I understand that it's a pretty big deal. Um, the more Pluto going direct is, um, one of the final turning points as we enter this sort of period leading up to the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January 2020, which is, um, the more I read about it, the more it just really, obviously, astrologers are like screaming because you've known what it is for like 10 years, but <laughs> um, it's just really coming, um, learning and understanding a little bit more about it. Um, it's just pretty powerful thinking about all that. But um, Pluto going direct uh, is very, very, very powerful for many reasons. Um, essentially things clicking into balance, stuff that we've been saying, like, why is this happening? Why don't I have an answer? Why hasn't this started to occur? A lot of that we're going to see a shift in when Pluto goes direct in Capricorn. Um, Mercury entering Scorpio, most definitely a time for inward communication. We may or may not feel like we're available for all of the outwardly directed communication, but there is such an important opportunity to bring about a kind of a transformation to the way we speak. And when we speak, um, we can be sure that when Mercury is in Scorpio, there is an invitation to allow that to come to come from one of the deepest places in us. Um, on October 4th, Mars enters Libra. Um, on October 8th, Venus enters Scorpio. That is um, a huge positional shift for Venus, uh, arguably the place that Venus feels the most intensely, the most fiercely. This is like the deepest seat of devotional love, um, Venus and Scorpio, not necessarily sexual, but um, devotional, loyal, available to. And um, this position has a very, very strong impact on the way we love ourselves, on the kind of um, fierceness of love that we can bring to our own self-care, to our own nourishment, to our own exploration. There's many, many things beyond um, like who we might meet and what we might connect with that this transit can bring forward. On October 13th, we have a full moon in Aries. Um, I totally forgot to mention, uh, for those of you who made it this long, <laughs> that there's a new moon in Libra. I guess I wasn't meant to talk about it. Um, like a day after this monthly medicine, um, but full moon in Aries, like woof, strong, strong harvest of self, harvesting the energy, all that we've learned, all that we've cultivated right at the halfway point of the month, we get to check in. What have we learned here? Aries shifts this back into the sense of who we are, what we are doing. Um, 
Sun moves into Scorpio on October 23rd. And on October 27th, we have a new moon in Scorpio. And then very shortly after that, on uh, Samhain, on October 31st, we not only have Halloween or Samhain, but we also initiate a Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So um, for those of you who are going to be listening to this, and again, if you've made it this far, um, our new moon in Libra kind of kicks off this whole process on Saturday and really sets the tone for a new cycle that can be birthed centered on these ideas, centered on this initiatory commitment that we want the seed that we can plant that says, I desire to call back a sense of balance within myself. So um, all aspects and areas of my life and my relationship to life and my care to all that is in need around me can really be responsive to what's present. So there are so many things there. Um, but yeah, there was just uh, so much to say with this one. So I hope it served and I hope it helped. Thank you so much for your presence and your practice in these monthly medicines. It's always such a joy and an honor to gather with you. Um, may this serve you all through the month of October. Um, may it be a balm and a source of refuge for you as you move through. Um, very excited to continue to connect with you through this month and to share more with you in the weeks to come hope to connect with some of you on the october email challenge um, and until then no matter what just please take care of yourselves and listen to led zeppelin <laughs> thank you so much for listening to tarot for the wild soul this podcast was edited by chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us, and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.